0: Hi, this is Kyle Mitchell, host of Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate, and you are tuned into
1: Dream Chasers interviews with the future.
0: As a business person, you need to be thinking about these things. You need to be spending time with your advisors and, and people that you trust to move your business forward. And that's what it's all about. We don't know everything, and that's what we rely on others to, sh- to share that information with us. So it's a business decision like anything else. Do I have an hour to find out how I can seriously? limit my tax liabilities and protect my assets. If you don't have that hour, you know, you might end up spending hours and hours and maybe years in court fighting lawsuits and judgments and all kinds of other things. So it's a choice like everything else.
1: This is Dream Chasers episode 65 with Your Own Kimmelman. Hey guys, what's going on? I'm Adam Carswell and welcome to Dream Chasers. Interviews with the Future. On Dream Chasers, we interview individuals with supernatural amounts of potential based on early success in their careers. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's get straight to the interview. Hey guys, this is Adam Carswell, and today I'm joined by Yaron Kimmelman. Yaron is a strategist at The Economic Strategist. He's originally from Boston, Massachusetts, went to the Hebrew, Hebrew Theological College and Loyola University, in Chicago, and of course now he lives in Chicago. Your own, thank you for being on the show, and do you have any opening remarks for my listeners?
0: Well, thanks for having me, Adam. And um, do I have any opening remarks? No, I'm just really excited to be on this call with you, and to share my story with you and uh, with your with your
1: listeners. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And guys, to give you some context here, like so many other dream chasers, now <laughs> I met Your Own on LinkedIn. And we were a part of a 10-day commercial real estate challenge. Um, I think I may have even mentioned this on a, on a previous episode with someone else. And I wish I could remember who it was off the top of my head. Oh, Bernard, Bernard Reese, who was recently on the show as well. So we were all in this group of commercial real estate professionals on LinkedIn that were challenged by our dear friend, Yona Weiss, to make a post related to commercial real estate or just make a post in general for 10 days in a row. And for anyone out there looking to really take their LinkedIn game to the next level, I would have to say orchestrating or putting together something similar like this, what Yona did, uh, man, it's just, it's powerful. It's amazing. You know, Yorona and I really feel like we've gotten to know each other a lot over the past month now. And this is, well, it feels like it's the first time we're talking. We did have one phone call before this. So that's how we know each other. Yorona, I don't know if you want to chime in on that at all.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That was um, a fantastic challenge. And it certainly took my LinkedIn game to a whole new level for a couple reasons. Number one was because we all kind of committed, right, to, to posting for 10 days straight. <clears throat> and that really uh, makes you kind of dig in a lot. And you have to make it interesting because we also had a challenge to not just post, but to get a certain amount of engagement, which is which is sometimes like, you know, out of your control. But mm-hmm. you can do lots of different things to do that. And Yona was very good about providing some great tips. And so now you're not just posting, but you're also needing to engage with the people commenting on your posts to further the conversations so that you can get to that, you know, magic number. Right. <laughs> like the, uh, they really worked out pretty well. I think I got in the 10 day challenge, I think I maybe, I got six qualified. Okay. But the point is, is that, yeah, it, it's something that, I had never gotten those numbers before. And it's like anything else in life. When you commit to something, and you do it day in and day out, things start to happen. Yeah, it was a, it was a great, it was a great experience and, yeah. I, and I do uh, know Bernard and a uh, wonderful person.
1: Amazing. Yeah, Amazing. Definitely, definitely. And yeah, in regards to uh, just for everyone listening, uh, what own meant by qualified posts. So our goal was to make sure that all 10 out of our 10 posts received 18, at least 18 likes and 18 comments. I don't know how mine performed. (laughs) To be honest, I'd have to go back and look. I say six out of 10. That's, you know, that's passing. right. That's good.
0: Yeah. Well, any, any one of those is passing for me because I don't think I had that kind of engagement before. Right. But yeah, hey, it was that. And it was a combination of speaking to the kinds of people that I want to be speaking with. You know, sometimes when you post on LinkedIn, you know, people that are reading it or they're not really the person, they're not really the people you're trying to engage with or your potential clients. Mm -hmm. And what this did was really bring a bunch of people together that, are in the same space really and as far as I was concerned were people that could potentially benefit from what it is that I do. So that was just an added benefit, including yeah. yourself.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, perfect. So Yaron, we are going to now step into the next level chamber. When did okay. you realize, yes, let's go. <laughs> um, when did you realize that working with economic strategists and, and really this industry was something you wanted to, t- to take to the next level? And, and actually, I want to tie this in here too real quick. How long have you been at the economic strategist?
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, great question. So let's see. Let's go back a little bit, I guess. I have always been fascinated with money from a very young age. <laughs> I was that kid, you know, in eighth grade that was selling, twinkies out of his locker right. right so always in business always trying to make a buck funny thing is i remember coming home you know even though i sold a lot of twinkies and a lot of cokes and a lot of candy bars i don't remember actually coming home with, a, with any money <laughs> ever <laughs> which is a bit of a problem if you're in business of course so anyway kind of made a commitment to change that at some point in my life uh, it took me many many years to figure it out but yeah here i am 46 i think i got a couple of years of my belt doing it right yeah so i've always been thinking creatively about money doing things to help investors leverage to accomplish a lot of things having to do with tax-free income and the things I speak about a lot. The other, My other fascination is with just taxes. I just, just an incredible encumbrance on people's capabilities of making money. I was working in various, just working strategically with clients on some of the things that I personally knew uh, how to do, or I knew people who knew how to do it. And then I came across just really, I think we're now talking about, we're looking at about three months, really. Um, I came across this company. It was interesting about a year ago, but I didn't really spend time on it. And I finally started looking into it. And that's called, you know, that of course is the Economic Strategist. Yeah, they just took my entire understanding of what's possible to, as you say, to the next level. And I, it's it's very exciting actually to know um, how the truly truly rich, you know, run their empires. Also, know that you don't. It's really just about knowledge. It's not so much about expense or cost. It's just about knowing how to do it. And yeah, it's just it's it's been amazing. Amazing experience to be part of that team of professionals who, you know, whether the CPAs, the legal counsel and that whole group and what they do for people is, in my opinion, just off the charts as far as helping people with their wealth building abilities through asset protection, through tax mitigation. And then with a couple of things I know we just you know, we make things happen. So hope that answers the question.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm excited now. I hope you're okay with this because I think this is really – well, I know this is something I'm excited to to learn about, so I kind of want to play devil's advocate and and try and shoot any holes that I can into what it is that you that you do, which we still have to kind of explain, I guess, a little bit to the, more to the listeners. But I, I do want to. I'm putting you on the spot here, but I'm asking for your permission. Well, why would you want to do that? <laughs> yeah,
0: you got. That's what I do every day with my clients. I take their questions and they try to punch holes, and and we we handle it. So. Not that, yeah, so I'm, I'm I actually, I, I spent 12 years teaching, so I actually, uh, I embrace those challenges of, of helping educate people. I'm not interested
1: in just, uh, you know,
0: I, I, anyway, I, I appreciate it. I, I think we should move, definitely, definitely do that.
1: Okay. And I mean, and for the record, I, I do actually really like what it is that you're working on. I could say, I don't know all the little details, but from our first conversation, it's very intriguing. So, uh, not that you have to convince me, but I just have some thoughts running through my head that I think everyone will probably want to know. So I agree. To begin with, you know one one sales pitch or, or one line that I've observed you using on, on LinkedIn. And I think you probably even mentioned it to me. It's Do you want to live a life financially similar to someone like the Rockefellers? Do you want to stop giving Uncle Sam all of your taxes? You know statements that really catch someone's attention, but at the same time, I think they're you know you're not you're not just saying it. There's actually a lot of truth and validity to it. Um, I mean, we even have a personal friend who we won't, uh, who will keep private, but I know that you've been working with him and he seems very happy with whatever, you know, it is that you guys have been working on. So I guess we just tackle and this.
0: Or that have not been so vocal on LinkedIn. Thanks. Right,
1: right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, so tell us about this, this whole trust setup. I know it's a, uh, it's a very new and unique world to most of, most of our listeners here.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's an, yeah, a great question. Um. And yeah, it it is, I think you said the word new to most listeners. That's probably true. Probably true. Although the concept of trusts themselves predate back to the biblical days when uh, citizens were forbidden to trade in foreign countries. Trusts were a way that people kind of got around that. It moves into the Middle Ages when kings went off to fight their wars. Uh, They put all of their stuff into trusts. It was a way to protect their assets, their palace, their kingdom. Our, Our very constitution is actually... Created out of a spendthrift trust, and so a lot of these laws come to us from Europe. Think about this for a second. If you're living in the early 1900s at the turn of the of the Industrial Revolution, right, and you're a businessman like the Rockefellers, like the Duponts, like the Vanderbilts, and there's no such thing as a as a limited life. There's no such thing as an LLC or an LTD or an S corp or a C corp, right? Mm -hmm. None of that stuff existed then. So, what do you? What do you do? You know, what do you do to protect your assets? And the answer was always they just use trust. They just use trusts. They mm. just use trusts. So many of these, well, the spendthrift trust, for example, yeah, predates the Constitution itself. And much much of trust law predates the Internal Revenue Service as well. Um, especially in you know, 1913, when they came up with the whole concept of income tax. So is it new to people? Yeah, ma- many of these things are new to people. Is it new? It's not new at all it's actually goes further back than pretty much any type of financial instrument that we know of in existence.
1: Why, why do you think that, um, Um, yeah, why do you think that the, I guess the potential power in setting up a trust is kept so quiet? For example, why I would even say, you know, why is it that you are really the first person that I've ever spoken to about looking into opportunities like this to grow wealth?
0: Okay. Well, let's let's first qualify that. I mean, there are millions of trusts, millions of people in this country own trusts. But at the same time, 90%, probably if not more of those trusts are called grantor trusts. And that really just means a person, whether it's a charitable trust or whether you're just trying to avoid probate, that works. And the idea there is really that you're just putting money aside for For some kind of beneficiary, and it could be it could it could be protected there, and 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 offer various benefits. But there are uh, numerous provisions to trust, lots of them. Like we started, there's grantor, there's non-grantor, there's revocable, there's irrevocable, there is discretionary and non-discretionary, and then of course there's spendthrift, and there's simple and complex as well. So it's really you know like any contract. You design it in mind, you design it with the end result in mind, what are you trying to accomplish? So you have kind of like a Lego set and you got to put it together. You have to make sure all the provisions are there so that the so that the benefits are there. Now, I think like what you're thinking like in the back of your mind is like, well, how come, and I get discussion, of course, all the time, how come not everyone does it? And the answer to that is because putting together, it's very hard me to go into the entire history of this specific type of trust right now. I don't think it's a time for it. Mm-hmm. It is actually copyrighted. I know it's kind of a strange thing to say about a legal document, maybe the only one that I know of in existence, but it has over 50 different copyrights on this trust. And so there are actually just a very few limited number of people who are able to create the exact document. And exact is very important because if, if you're missing any one part of it, it just doesn't work or it doesn't do everything that it needs to do. You know, kind of like a car. If you miss, you know, one piece, you know, it might drive. It might not exactly get you exactly what, you know, the, the perfect ride, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of moving parts in this trust. And it is, it is has got, uh, like I said, over 50 copyright variations. So unless you have a copyright, own the copyright, bought the copyright, Again, there's only very few firms that actually work with the economic strategists that together uh, exclusively. It, it, you know, you were not going to really hear about it from anyone else. You know, that being said, you know, since 1998, we have put nearly 30,000 trusts into existence. So it is kind of catching on, I guess, a little bit.
1: Yeah. So one hurdle that I've observed with individuals and why maybe they would stay away from, you know, potentially, we'll, we'll just say working with you is... They're concerned about their, really about their time and their money. Oh, it's going to take so much time to set that up. I don't have time to learn that. Or two, um, setting up a trust is ridiculously expensive. I think those are two objectives that I've observed. Mm-hmm. What, how do you normally approach a response to that?
0: Well, the answer, that's a great question. And my answer will usually be something like this. You have a choice, I guess. You can certainly, you're more than welcome to send your money to Uncle Sam. He'll be happy to take it from you. We'll be happy too. But at the same time, when we take it, we just take it once and then you no longer have to pay him. But if that doesn't sound like a good idea, you're certainly welcome to keep paying the IRS for the rest of your life. And um, we wish you we wish you good luck <laughs> you know, with that. So if you look at it from the point of view of cost savings, it, it becomes a non-issue, to be honest with you, because typically the cost of a trust, do the cost, cost benefits analysis, and if you're even going to become a client of ours, it would be so far less than what your tax liability actually is that... It's almost hard not to want to do it. And the only thing that people are left with is this this incredible excitement about, wow, I can really do that. And then just kind of realize, like, can this really be true? I mean, I need to do my research. And that's fine. We provide them with a credibility package. we got, I don't know, hundreds of pages that they can read about the legalities and the ins and outs and the case law and the IRS law and everything else they want to till they're satisfied. And that's fine. The truth is, like, like you said, at the end of the day, it's really just a simple question. It's not a question. It's just like, I'm going to either save more money than I'm going to spend or I'm not. And most people in business look for opportunities where they could, you know, save money, save more money than they're going to spend. And so it just kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. What was the other question you said though? you said? I forget the other one since I got um, away on my other question.
1: No, no, that was that was a great what reply. And also uh, well, for me, one thing that also runs through my head is there's a lot of, I would say, accredited investors out there, whether they're, you know, whether they are working a nine to five um, with a good salary or they're an entrepreneur running their own business. Something that's really popular that I've observed is, you know, paying less in taxes by using the right strategies with your 401k or your IRA. You know, there's some pretty unique loopholes in that sector of what we're talking about. But what, right. what makes this right. one, um, I should say, like, you know, right. really even better?
0: Yeah. And of course, I, And I said that to people, I said, you know, the Roth IRA, who like 40 years ago would have thought that there is this way to, you know, to make money and defer your taxes, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, 401k comes up. And then 15 years later, someone comes up with the Roth IRA, right? It's not like these things have always been around. People learned about it and they became mainstream and they started using it. Now, what you just described are two very traditional ways to defer taxes on a portion of your income, correct? Correct. That's what those things do. Now they have all kinds of limitations because they're very regulated. So yes, you're deferring your income, but you can't really use it until a certain time. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, when you do decide to take it out, you get taxed. If it's a if it's a four hundred one k, if it's in a rough IRA, then you pay it up front. Right. For a period of time, you know, like your main working years, you know, you start thirty. You know, you really can't touch that money until you're sixty or so. So, and during that time, that money grows tax. The advantages of a trust to your to the point of your question would be. You, well, you're, you're deferring not just a portion of your income, but potentially deferring your entire income, uh, business and personal. And on top of that, whereas with the 401k plan, you don't have access to that money to a certain, to a later time. And that, at that point, taxes become due. With the trust, with this specific type of trust, not any trust, but this specific type of trust, mm-hmm. um, you still maintain full control as a trustee of the assets within the trust. Your deferment is in perpetuity. So every basically every twenty one years you essentially renew the trust, and that's how the very wealthy in this country just keep kicking the kicking the can down the road, mm. and really at the end of the day, pay single digit taxes if not if not really not, almost just basically nothing.
1: Cool. We're getting we're getting near the end here. I wish, like you said, you know, we could keep going. We could probably keep going here for a while. Yeah.
0: Typically, my uh, we'll spend weeks sometimes with a client over 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 five or six individual one-hour sessions getting them acquainted and settled into what this instrument does and how to use it in their lives not under any preconceptions that we can accomplish everything in 20 minutes but i'm hoping just to give people a kind of a taste of what's possible
1: right yeah absolutely and we're we're definitely getting your your contact information in the show show notes for anyone who wants to dig a little deeper Um, but one more question here before we get to our fun ones and that is referencing the that demographic that we talked about The accredited investor who is working a nine to five and maybe using one of those 401k IRA options of tax deferment, they're probably, I'm thinking, you know, because of their life, their job commitments, they're probably very busy. And so being able, as we just mentioned, being able to find the time to just sit down with you or, or get on the phone with you and talk this through is something that maybe they just might not feel like they have the time to do. To those individuals listening right now, what, right. what would you have to say to them?
0: Okay, so first of all, um, actually, I've been I've been thinking about this now for a couple of days. I'm going to be doing a webinar, I believe, soon, and that will be kind of available to people to listen at their own, you know, on their own time. they can, you know, that that would that should help people. Secondly, I would just say this is like any other business decision that takes time to understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while they're running their businesses and evaluating, you know, their real estate deals and business is all about assessing, evaluating, and moving forward. If you don't have time to do that, then you know, that, that could be a, a bigger problem, not just for me and, and what I do, but just for you For you as a business person, you need to be thinking about these things. You need to be spending time with your advisors and, and people that you trust to move your business forward. And that's what it's all about. We don't know everything. And that's why we rely on others to, sh- to share that information with us. So it's a business decision like anything else. Do I have an hour to find out how I can seriously limit my tax liabilities and protect my assets? If you don't have that hour, you know, you might end up spending hours and hours and maybe years in court fighting lawsuits and judgments and all kinds of other things. So it's a choice like everything else. So I would uh, say it's a, it's, a, it's a well worth, uh, uh, definitely worth, I've, been, I've spent months, to be honest with you, studying this, you, this, this instrument personally. Mm-hmm. And so I would think that a person should have an hour to uh, at least let me give them what I've taken months to learn. And then they can always make decisions for themselves. Well, like I said, I will be putting out a webinar about it people to people access on free time to you know start and stop and get what they can. So that should be coming out soon. I'll definitely keep you posted on that.
1: Okay. Yeah. You know, so. Perfect. Yeah. Um. We'll we'll even uh, like I mentioned in the show notes, we'll have your contact information. So if anyone listening wants to join in on your own webinar or teaching sessions, you can you can reach out to him directly. Yeah.
0: You know, what you, you you do this thing, like you ask these like double, like these two part questions, uh-huh. the, the memory that I have, I feel like I just got to one of, I, keep <laughs> it, I answered one and not the other. So there's so something like in the back, like I forgot something, something else he asked me about. And I don't know what it said, but anyway.
1: <laughs> It'll pop up. That happens to me. You're not, you're not the only one. I think that actually makes you more relatable to hopefully everyone <laughs> listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right, but that's cool. Uh, you're on. The, this has been a blast. Here are your fun get to know you questions. I'm just going to shoot them out here for you, and then you can answer them accordingly. So, first one is, what is your favorite thing about your hometown, Boston? Second one is, we, I had to ask you this one. What is your favorite pizza place there in Chicago? And uh, number number three. And I'm guessing probably for privacy reasons, maybe you get creative with this one, but who is your favorite client?
0: Oh, okay. Well, first of all, I'm happy that you, you mentioned my hometown being Boston, not Chicago, because I happen to like a lot more about, about Boston than I do Chicago. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I would say, actually, I love the history of Boston. I absolutely love the history, American history. It's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's a big part of, the, uh, of Boston uh, that I've always enjoyed. Okay. Pizza. Okay. So I got to tell you this. So pizza, of course, uh, as, as an orthodox Jew who has a strictly kosher diet, Mm -hmm. I'm limited in my pizza options. We only have, we don't, we don't use milk and meat together. Uh, So for me, pizza is always just kind of simple pizza and cheese, Mm -hmm. maybe some better. And this is an ongoing debate with my children, actually, (laughs) I have, which I have nine and all of them prefer, uh, actually, there's groups here. So we have a couple of great uh, pizza restaurants in Chicago, uh, kosher pizza restaurants. Uh, we have a place called uh, Tel Aviv, and we have a place called Khalavi. You can pronounce that. I'll give you a hundred bucks. All right. And uh, and we have a place called EJ's, and hey, anyway, we got a few. Not like you know, not not out on every block. So I, my, um, well, I hope nobody like comes after me for this, but uh, <laughs> I um I like Tel Aviv. That's my pizza place. Okay. On California. I like that pizza. So. There's the pizza question.
1: Favorite client?
0: Oh, who's my favorite? I think asking asked me what my favorite movie was. <laughs> okay, that'd be my favorite client. Well, my favorite type of client is someone who thinks out, who's willing to think out of the box, along the lines uh, that I'm used to think uh, that I'm used to thinking. It's not always it doesn't always happen that way, but it's always mm-hmm. easier when people are willing to when people are have an open mind. People that run their business, run their own businesses as opposed to W2 employees, so investors and business owners. Or if you're a business owner and pay, you a, pay yourself a W2, that's fine too, but it just gives you more control over how you how you would be able to use a trust like this. Oh, and that goes back to just a question. That was that was your second part of that last question, by the way. So you were talking about accredited W2 employees, people that are 9 to 5. Mm-hmm. W2 people that are working 9 to 5 are typically not our ideal client, by the way. Okay. For people that are in business for themselves uh, and or are investing in real estate or any other thing for that matter, Bitcoin, I don't know, baseball cards or whatever whatever people are buying and selling and making money doing, right? that would be a good candidate. So,
1: yeah. Cool.
0: So that's where we're at.
1: All right. Well, Yaron, what is the best way for my listeners to get in touch with you?
0: Best way is uh, just reach out to me on LinkedIn, introduce yourself, a little bit about yourself, what you're trying to do, and I'll try to help you out. And uh, you can reach me on my phone number which is 508-410-3831 and if I don't pick up I'll leave a message I am kind of careful I get you know I usually hesitate to pick up calls I don't recognize the number from mm-hmm. and if people leave me a message we tell me that they're serious so those are the ones that are more likely to get a call back yeah so those should be two, two good ways to reach out to me if I could help I'd love
1: to perfect thank you once again for coming on the show
0: thanks for having me Adam it was, it was a blast as you said it would be <laughs>
1: Thanks guys. Thank you for tuning into dream chasers interviews with the future. We will catch you in the next episode and remember in all you think say and do take it to the next level.